This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast. Today, our guest is Bob Fleming. He's the founder and president of Black Square Technologies, a firm dedicated to protection of valuable, confidential, and private data for consumers and businesses alike. Their seminal product, Black Square Enigma, offers the consumer an alternative to A, doing nothing to protect their data, or B, confusing and often unfriendly software encryption programs which store password data on your computer. Using Black Square Enigma, any user can be capable of encrypting valuable files and folders safely within minutes. Bob, it's a pleasure to have, on, have you on the podcast. Bob, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Super. Well, um, we're at the north end of Denver on a, on a great summer day. And, you know, for, Bob, tell me a little bit about your business and, and who you serve. Sure. Well, we formed Black Square a few years ago. Uh, Black Square is dedicated to providing... Uh, users of all types, whether it's a consumer, a small business, a mid-market, an enterprise customer, or a public agency, uh, the ability to manage important data. And when I say manage it, the user now has a tool where he can choose to encrypt important data or he can choose not to. You know, I, I think about the the discourse that goes on today, we've just had a number of major hack attacks from Target to hospitals in Britain to you name it. And so the public is more sensitive to the issue of data security. And and maybe what would be useful is to circle back a little bit and, and talk a little bit about your background prior to developing this piece of technology. Sure. Uh, and I think that's a good idea. Uh, I've been in the data security world in, in terms of managing data at rest in various environments since 2002. Uh, at a point in time, I was the director of advanced concepts and emerging technologies at a large storage company here in Colorado. Uh, since then, I've moved into the data storage, data encryption world to make sure I understand it because it's important to me. Uh, I wanted to find a way to build a tool that would be simple to use, easy, and secure so that if I wanted to encrypt important data, such as old TurboTax files, which I've got on a backup drive, I have a way of doing it so that no one can see it, no one can access it, no one can decrypt that information. You, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started on the show, and we were talking about um, what, what percentage of people actually have done anything as far as protecting their data. And I think you said it was, what was the number? It's pretty high. Uh, typically there are three forms of, you have three options as a user. And this could be a consumer or a small business or a large company. A, you can choose to encrypt the data, which is great. Whether you use hardware encryption or software encryption is, is good. I mean, that's a choice. The challenge in the software encryption world is that the software lives uh, uh, on the computer, in the operating system, has access to it. Uh, also, uh, bad actors uh, may have access to it. They may find a way to get the information from you by spear phishing you. So another option is hardware encryption. And there are several different types of hardware encryption devices or tools. There's a hardware encrypting drive. There are hardware encrypting USB thumb drives, which uh, require a key to get in. And they also store data in the device itself. And the last component, the last of these three options that we all have is what we call hope and pray. Hope and pray is about 84% of all people here in the United States. Hope and pray means that you really haven't developed the discipline necessary to protect all your data. Or if you have and you've backed up data, 
have you continually checked on the data that you're backing up to make sure the backup device is working? Yeah, it's, it, you know, as, as we go through and, and you think about, uh, and what the listeners can't see is the device size. The device size looks like uh, about a two inch long thumb drive. Yeah. And for the folks that are that are looking at the video, it's that big. It's really it looks like an average thumb drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, talk talk to us a little bit about the genesis of the idea to develop this product and sort of your journey down that road. Sure, it's a it's a bit of a journey. Uh, a few years back, after one too many margaritas with some friends, I wanted to build a device that says, I can encrypt data. If you were to intercept the data, you'd have no chance of decrypting it ever. You need the tool and need the knowledge of the password that I used to encrypt that file, and that's separate from the tool. Further, the tool has to be transparent to the operating system. It has to be independent because the operating system, as we all know, can be vulnerable to attacks and can manage instruction sets to go out to your thumb drive if it's connected or to your network if it's connected and do bad things to you. It's happened and it will continue to happen. So there was somewhere in there, was it a, for your decision process to start developing this device, was it an aha moment after too many margaritas or was it an iteration to get to this particular device? For years, I've been watching the trend of data theft increase over time. For me, it's been the elephant in the middle of the room for a while. Lo and behold, today, 10 years later, it's an elephant in the middle of the room for a lot of conversations, whether it's conversation in a boardroom, conversation with friends at home, or a conversation with companies that want to secure data from cyber thieves. As, as we're talking about this particular solution, the elephant in the room that folks may be going and says, well, if this technology is available, why don't I know about it? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, the short answer is we're a small company. We're just beginning to sprout our wings. We build a product right now for the consumer and for the small business. Our next step will be build, to build a product that's scalable and manageable by IT in an enterprise or public sector environment. We, we were talking beforehand, just the steps that you have to go through. You were talking about some standards you had to meet, you patent process. For the folks that aren't aware of just the time frame between idea to, to approval, what does that look like to them? From, from concept to a beta product could look like four or five years. And that's because you have to go through, and there's, what, what was the standard that you said it was? So one of the standards we wanted to be able to meet to be eligible to sell into enterprise and public sector down the road is a, a FIPS standard. FIPS is F-I-P-S. It's an acronym for Federal Information Processing Standards. That's a group within the area called NIST. So we wanted to get the FIPS standard, which, which allowed us to become eligible for sale into government and enterprise. Okay, and so you got that. And that's an 18 month process. So you, we're 18 months just from idea to having basically your driver's that's license. That's from documentation to concept. Oh, well, documentation, yeah. which is a whole separate issue. Right. And then you have the patent process on your technology. Right. Because you have some design issues inside. Yeah, we're very fortunate that we found uh, great patents and we've been able to customize from those patents to build our products. For the listener or the business owner that's concerned about this process to go, yeah, I'm sold, I want 
them one sum. What's for for them to do that? What kind of extraordinary events, or how do they use it in their business? So the best way to use a tool like this, period. Let's make an assumption here. Let's say that uh, that I want to protect my old TurboTax files. They're in archive somewhere, and I've got to find them. And if I can find them and identify them, I can highlight them. And with two clicks, I can click to encrypt all of that data. The device itself does all this work in real time in the device itself, not working with the operating system. And so to, to paint a mental picture of the process, uh, I'm picking up the device. It truly looks like a thumb drive. And it has the male end and it has a female port on the other end. And at the female end, that's where you take in and plug another hard drive of some description. Yeah, so the female connector, it's a USB connector. It allows you to connect uh, a thumb drive, a backup drive, a NAS device, a server, whatever's USB capable. So any USB storage device can be connected to the backside of Enigma. So that could even be the, the also inexpensive terabyte hard drives yep. that people back up to on a regular basis. Yep. And so you could do that and encrypt the entire backup. Yeah, I, I typically don't recommend people encrypt everything on the drive. I typically recommend they, they encrypt what's important to them. Okay. And it won't be all those files. Yeah, it's some of the stuff they don't care if you, yeah. you know, the, the email to your mom, no. And again, we're a file and folder encryption product. We're not a full disk encrypting product. Okay, so you can pick and choose. Correct. And so the, the process is really very straightforward for folks to be able to use in their business. So at, at this juncture, let's say that there's a, a person listening. How do you see uh, rolling out this product uh, into the marketplace? Who is your current client? So our current clients are consumers and small businesses. Uh, we get calls from people all the time. We talk to people like yourself all the time who know someone who's been hacked or been ransomed. In a ransom environment, it's a little late. Now we have to go back and recreate the data. We have to purchase the data back. We have to ask ourselves, is the bad actor still involved? Does he still have a way to ransom our data yet again? On the other hand, if you haven't been uh, hacked or breached, you're probably not paying attention because we think everybody's been hacked. It's pretty, pretty bad out there. If you, haven't, if you have data that's important to you to protect, you should protect it somehow. You should either encrypt it using a hardware tool, uh, stick it on a backup device, encrypt it using some form of software. The challenge is that the human interaction component is very, very high. And that allows the human person to make a mistake. If you make a mistake and you click on a link that we were told we needed to watch out for, bad things can happen. You know, as I, I think about, you know, the process of, of just good habits. You know, we were, we were joking a little bit before we talked, is there's three types of people, those that have been hacked, you know, those that are going to be hacked, and those that don't know they've been hacked. Right. And so that, that covers the waterfront. And, you know, and I think as we have the proliferation of smart devices in the household, you know, and, and the ability for the bad actor to show up, um, when do you expect this technology to be widely available? I'd like to see it become available not just to the consumer in the small business, but to mid-market enterprise and public sector in the next year. And, and you guys are right now 
you, you've got, I'm, I'm holding the products of the products developed. You're in funding round now or? Yeah, we're actually going out for funding. Okay. And so, you know, for the listener out there that says, yeah, I, I need to know more. What are the ways that they can reach out and find you? Data theft is the largest market on the planet. It's increasing in size. Uh, the projections last year were that from 2017 to 2021, we'll experience data theft in the amount of $13 trillion per year globally or more. So where can someone find me? Uh -huh. They can find us by going to blacksquaretechnologies.com. They can find us on Facebook. They can find us on Twitter. And, and they, can, they can track us down. Okay, so you're Black Square Technologies on, on Twitter as well. Right. There's a diagram that we'll put in the show notes in a PDF file. And Bob, if you could, see if you can paint a, a mental picture off of this PDF and folks can download it. And then you mentioned also at, before the show that you had a coupon or something mm -hmm. for p people that are interested. Could you right. explain that? So let me walk through the illustration first. Uh, Enigma is a device which is transparent to the operating system. It requires data plugged in behind it because it does not store data. You know, and, and for, I'm going to interrupt real quick. What mm -hmm. that really, in, in my parlance, means, so if you stick a normal thumb drive in your computer, it'll make a noise and it'll see it. Right. When you stick the Enigma device in the computer, it neither bings nor shows up in a tab. It has to have another device plugged into it before it's really recognized. Right. So by plugging Enigma into the computer all by its lonesome, <clears throat> the operating system can't recognize it because it doesn't store data. If you stick a thumb drive in the computer, the computer says, wait a minute, I see data. I'll put up a window for you. What do you want me to do with the data? So Enigma doesn't do that. It's transparent to the operating system. So Enigma is transparent. It's Windows and Mac compatible. It works in real time because our processes are, are located inside the device. So when I connect Enigma and a thumb drive to it and I authenticate successfully to it, I can now pull up our application. The application shows a hierarchy of different network elements that are available to be seen. That would include my desktop, the downstream thumb drive to Enigma. That would include my C drive. That would include my, my cloud storage. Everything I can see with my computer, I can now see and manage in terms of encrypt or decrypt capability with Enigma. So, you know, and, and when you and I were talking before, and I get, so, so let's say that I encrypt a file and I want to send it to a business associate. Mm -hmm. um, and I have the device and he doesn't or she doesn't. What happens? Not much. Okay, Not so much. they can't you see You can the... encrypt the file. Uh -huh. You can then attach it to an email or you can share it in the cloud. And if they don't have an Enigma tool, because it's a, it's a symmetric relationship, you need to provide me what I need to see. And I need to have a tool that allows me to see what I need to see. And so if the recipient has an Enigma device, Mm -hmm. All right, then how does it work? So I encrypt a file and I've used password one, two, three, four, five to encrypt that file. I attach the file to an email. I then send it to you over the internet. It arrives in your inbox. So once you see it, you can now plug Enigma in, but you've probably got to call Bob and say, hey, what was the password? One, two, three, four, five. So now you type in that password and you now have access to open that file. Yeah, and you can download it and, and do whatever you need to do right. with the file. Right. And so 
as as a secure methodology, we were talking about it beforehand, and and there's the typical levels of the computer's passworded, and then you went through the steps that happen with the other portion. Yeah, so Enigma acts as a two-factor authentication device. One factor being the actual physical tool, the other factor being the password that I used to encrypt that file or that group of files or that folder. So if I don't have the tool and don't have knowledge of the password, but I've intercepted the encrypted file, my probability of ever decrypting the file is zero. And, you know, for the folks will go, well, how long would it take to decrypt a file if, if they were trying to break your code? So first they need an Enigma device. And then if you had an Enigma device and you were bound and determined you wanted to break the code of the password that I used, it's never zero because you might get lucky and find the password. However, if we, we did an experiment with this, we lined up four people, we went through a hypothetical discussion on it, and we determined that four people working full-time 24-7 for 31 consecutive lifetimes, throwing 50 passwords per, per minute at the device, wouldn't be able to crack it. So that takes out your That's cash. 124 consecutive lifetimes, no breaks, no Taco Bell, no nothing like that. You know, I, I, I think about... Um, I come from a military background in the intelligence space, you know, where encryption was much more cumbersome, you know, and I, I think about the, the average population that's doing absolutely nothing and the damage and expense of, of the, the challenge. So for price points, so for a typical family that wants to encrypt data, what's the general range of price points they could expect to have this level of security? To encrypt data? Well, you can buy an encrypting thumb drive for 50 bucks. You can buy a more sophisticated product for up to 800 bucks. Mm -hmm. You can buy a hard drive. The challenge in the world of hard drives, whether it's a full disk encrypting product or a self-encrypting drive product, is that the drive can never tell you that it's been hacked. Mm -hmm. And that's a concern to me. I'd like to know if the data that I have on my drive has been breached in some way. Mm -hmm. We were talking before the show as well that there was um, um, an offer or a coupon. Mm -hmm. Right. What's the offer that you were talking about with the Enigma? So the, it's a really pretty simple offer. Uh, when someone were to, if someone wanted to buy the product, and our products are fully guaranteed, they're Windows and Mac compatible, and so on. Uh, simply go to our website, there's a buy now tab. Click on buy now. The first window that will come up is how many do you want to buy? Type in the number you want to buy and click on enter. The next thing that comes up is a window that has a, at the bottom of the page a promotional code. Mm -hmm. It says coupon code. Type in the promotional code space, gimme, G-I-M-M-E, 25 for a 25% discount on the product. G-I-M-M-E, 25. So, gimme 25. Well, that works. It, it retails one seventy or one sixty nine ninety five. The product comes with a one year subscription for all future updates and new product features that we build along the way. So they're included in the price point. So I, I'm I'm the consumer, and I am now the proud owner of Enigma, and it has just showed up after being shipped to my house. Mm -hmm. So walk us through uh, a sample set of steps to to go in and and deploy this device and encrypt some files. Okay, so let's say you're using a Windows device, uh, Windows 7 or Windows 10 or whatever. So you get yourself a thumb drive, you put it behind Enigma. So you we take Enigma, 
yeah. and we plug it in. Right. And then we take the thumb drive that we want to store data on or yeah. encrypt data, and we plug that into Enigma. Mm -hmm. okay. So we have Enigma with something behind it, a connected pair. Mm -hmm. So we have an Enigma device, we have a storage device. We then plug that into the USB port of the computer. We're a USB product, so we work with notebooks, uh, desktops, and tablets. So plug it into your computer. Your computer will recognize the data, and it'll pull up a window saying, launch the Enigma tool. You launch the Enigma tool, you'll say yes to user account control, and up will come a screen or a window saying, this device requires initialization. Click here. It'll ask you to initialize the device. And to initialize the device means you now need to come up with and create your own password. You have 32 characters. You can use any symbol or character on the keyboard, including the spacebar. So you can now create a line from your favorite song, a title from your favorite book, whatever it is. Okay, so, so and then let's say I wanna, there's a file under, under the Bob folder on the C drive and I want to take and encrypt that file, mm -hmm. I take and do what? So I, I've now completed the password request. I unplug the device to save changes. I plug it back in. I authenticate to the device. Which means you give it the, the password you just arrived exactly. at. Yep. Yeah, I have to have that password in order to gain access yeah, to the Yeah, and tool. what happens if you forget your password? You have a lot of problems. You're done. Well, actually, let me rephrase. If you've encrypted a bunch of data on your computer or a thumb drive or any of your network elements connected to your hierarchy, your map, you can rest assured that all that data will be encrypted forever until you remember the proper password. And, and for many, don't use admin and don't put it under your keyboard. Yeah, so those are the... Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we've all seen those lists of the top 40 passwords, and I, I'd recommend that you probably stay away from those. Yeah. And so, use a series of numbers and characters and letters and, and throw in a space bar. I mean, mm -hmm. what the heck? You know, so, so we've got that, and so we've picked the file, we, we've we've plugged it back in after we've we've got the password accepted, and so we're now looking at the file I want to encrypt. What do we do next? So we're in the application itself. We've highlighted the file by clicking on it, the file that we want. So it's highlighted. Now we do a right click, and the right click pulls up a menu. The menu says encrypt here, decrypt here, open the file, rename the file, delete the file. So if you want to encrypt the file, you simply uh, select the encrypt button, click on that button, and, and the file will encrypt. And so let's say that my file was bob.doc, right? And so I've just encrypted it, and I'm going to look for my bob.doc encrypted. What will be, will it be bob.some extension? Or yeah. will so once you've encrypted the file, let's say it was a Word document. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all familiar with the Word icon at the front of the file, and at the end of the file, there's the DOCX. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's for the newer version of Word. So when you encrypt the file, a couple of things change on the file itself. The icon changes from a Word icon to the black square icon, the B squared icon. At the end of the file, we add an additional file extension, which is a searchable feature at the end, it's docx.bksq for black square. So now if in your, in your exuberance you've encrypted a whole bunch of uh, files and you sort of forgot where they all are, you can now search using star.bksq and you'll be able to identify all of the encrypted files on your device. So it just it changes the, the, 
the information to the right of the decimal point or, or dot so you can tell what it is. Yeah. And so I've now encrypted my file and I'm going like, I need to open my file. I actually remembered my password so things are good. Yeah. And then what? So how do I, how do I go about? So you've, you've, uh, this is another day. You've decided you want to decrypt the file for whatever reason. It's your device. You, the user, you get to manage the tool. So you plug it in, you authenticate to the tool, you now have the application in front of you, you know where the file is, you've highlighted the file, so now you want to decrypt the file. You simply right-click with your mouse on the file itself and a menu pops up. It says, encrypt here, no, that's grayed out. It says decrypt here, open the file, and by the way, you can't open an encrypted file using our logic. That won't work. So you want to decrypt the file first, you click on decrypt file, it decrypts the file. Now the file is there. Let's say you want to open that file, whatever it is, you mm -hmm. can open it through our application simply by right-clicking and selecting open file. So if you need to edit some data and yeah. then re-encrypt it, and you know, and and for me, I'm I'm a sequential kind of guy, and so what I'm trying to do is paint the visual picture so people have an idea of what they're doing. Right. You know, and and so it's very straightforward. You know, I think about the comment, you should always change your passwords. You should always have different passwords. I think of this as a device to manage a password list where you remember one overarching password. Now, what if you want to change your password? You're really paranoid. You go, you know, I want to change the password on my Enigma. Sure. So you've authenticated to Enigma. At the top of Enigma, you'll see at the top of the application, you'll see three tabs. One is called File Folder Encryption. The second tab is called interestingly enough, change password. The next tab is called write protect. And we'll talk about write protect another time, but to change password is very simple. It's like changing the combination on your lock when you were in high school. It used to be 2, 12, 16, and you can change the password. So now you can change the password. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you're Bob the accountant, and I'm one of Bob the accountant's customers. He has four different customers. Bob, the accountant, can now create four different passwords and manage them himself. Password number one goes to client number one. Password number two is assigned to client number two, and so on. So now we're sharing confidential information, which should be encrypted. If it should be encrypted, you can now encrypt the data, send it to the recipient, your client, or he can do the reverse. He has his own enigma. He can encrypt the data, send it to you and say, this is client number two, use password number two to decrypt the information. Now, in an ugly event, you might make a mistake and send encrypted data to the wrong client. The wrong client doesn't have knowledge of the passphrase used, so your transmission and the fact that he can't break into that file makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. So it's about peace of mind. This is all about peace of mind. So for you, you know, I think about all this work that you've done and, and your thought process to come in and develop it. What do you think the genesis of your interest in producing this was? The interest in producing it was to find a device that I liked, that I could make really simple, because I'm not brilliant, I'm, I'm a simple guy. I want to be able to right-click on something and I have a menu. It says encrypt or decrypt. That's mm -hmm. it. I wanted it to be easy because 10, 12 years ago when I had this idea, I wanted to see what's going to happen in the world of data theft. Well, it's spiraled out of control and there is no end in sight. 
it's not going to slow down tomorrow. It's not going to slow down the next day. It's it's like strike counter strike. You come it's up with worse this, than strike counter strike. You know, because you and you do one thing and they respond, and you yeah. fix this and they go after that. You know, and and for your for your journey. And there's been influences in your life that have pushed you down this direction. What do you think was the most influential piece of advice that you received while you were in this journey to develop this this tool? Wow, tough question. Uh, I, I've gotten a lot of great advice from a lot of really uh, uh, normal people and influential people alike. Uh, I, I've heard along the way that it has to be simple. I've heard that it has to work every time. It has to be easy to use. So if I started adding all those things up together in a little formula, I go back to when I first deleted a file that I didn't want to delete. We've all been there, I think. So I deleted a file. It took me hours with some help to find the file again, but I found the file. So it wasn't really deleted. The next step for me was every time I fire up a computer and play with it and start working and doing computing work, I get a little nervous because I don't want to delete a file or delete an email that I don't need to delete or I didn't want to delete by mistake. I only want to delete information that isn't any value, has no value to me anymore. So it, it had to be simple. It had to overcome that, that issue, that, that concern I had. So it had to create a level of confidence. So I have to have confidence in the tool. Mm -hmm. The next thing that provides me is a level of acceptance. Acceptance then leads me to peace of mind. I know that if I'm hacked, someone holds my data for ransom, Honda was ransomed today. 200,000 computers in a manufacturing facility was ransomed and Honda's got to figure out what to do. That's a bit more of a decision that I'm capable of making today. But if I move from concern to confidence, to acceptance, to peace of mind, even though I've been ransomed, I've done things in the background that, that fall under the category of discipline. I have backups. I want to make sure the backups work. Sometimes backup devices stop or fail. I want to make sure that it's continued. I want to make sure it's offline. And I want to make sure I have access to it at some point so I can overcome the ransomware guy. Let, let's say that I, the human, show up and I actually remember my password, but I've lost my Enigma device. And I've got all this encrypted finally go, well, two out of three, I'm, I've lost my device. What happens then? So the great thing about Enigma in, in the design phase was that we built it as a symmetric tool. That means that there's one secret key inside every Enigma made. If I lose it or my dog eats it, I've never seen a dog eat a tool like that, but it, I'm sure it happens. I simply go get another one. I get a brand new one. I plug it in. I, I'm familiar with the initialization process. I type in my last password. I'm up and running in 30 seconds, Bob. Okay, so, so for the human factor, you know, I, I'm thinking, so I'm the business owner that has a virtual team. There's 10 of us on the team, and we're sending critical information to the growth of our new company via email because everybody's all over the planet. Walk us through how Enigma could serve that distributed company? Well, let's say you're, you're developing confidential data of some type, code, whatever the case may be. You can either send it by email or you can do what's, what's being uh, accepted in the world today and that's storing important data in a cloud. So let's say everybody has access to the cloud or the email. Mm 
So I can decrypt it in one of two different ways. I can encrypt the email or I can go to the cloud. Uh, I know the cloud account. I know the username and the password. Lo and behold, there's a bunch of encrypted data. I know which file I want to decrypt. I can use Enigma to decrypt the data. I can sift through the data. I can modify the data. I can resave it under a new name or a new revision, and then I can encrypt it and share it with my team again. So, and then, so that would necessitate that each team member obviously has an Enigma device. Right. And if you wanted to control your data further, let's say three members of the team don't need the data and they need different. So you could just basically say you're team number one, team number two, and you could control the data that way on who could decrypt. Password management's a wonderful thing. So, you know, I, I think about this as a tool and, you know, in the elephant in the room we always talk about, and, you know, and I'll bring it up again for the folks that are listening. We were curious as why isn't everybody doing this? And the short answer is right now um, it's been developed and you're trying to scale out and be careful with what you're doing for your growth. Where do you see the company three years from now? Well, we're in a crawl phase. Mm-hmm. We want to make small mistakes. We want to make a great product, number one. We guarantee our products, so that's, it's valuable to be able to make sure it's a great product. We want to move to a stage where we can then build a, a more sophisticated product. So, for example, in that group of 10 people you mentioned earlier, let's say one of the people goes rogue. How do you prevent him from having access to all your data? You depurpose his device. You change your password. You know, and, and I think about the other human factor. You didn't lose your device, but your brand new puppy chewed it. Didn't swallow it, but chewed it. It's the same solution, is it not? Correct. So yeah. you just get another one and reinitialize it, same password, and you're off and running again. I even had a customer call back a while back, and he says, you know, you're, you're going to kill me for saying this, but I, I had my, my Enigma in my pocket. And he blamed it on his wife. He said, my wife washed my clothes. Well, that, that makes sense. Guys don't typically wash clothes. So he said, well, the, the thing's been in the washer and then in the dryer, and it doesn't work. I said, well, give it a couple days, let it dry out, and if it doesn't work, let's get you another one. He calls me back two days later and says, I feel bad. It works. It came out of the washer and went in the dryer, and then we dried it out, and it works. So, You know, I, I, I think about... Um, just the general level of angst where, you know, there's the entire dis- discussion of Internet of Things in your home. And, you know, I forget what they call them, group attacks, where they take and hack and control large quantities of devices and so on. And I think about your product and, and the solution that it provides. For, for the folks out there, what would be your advice to uh, the average guy with home computers about using your device or encryption? So the work that we do centers around data at rest. So if the data is at rest on your computer or in the cloud or in a backup drive, you can now manage it all. And you've had the ability to manage it. Now you have the ability to encrypt it so that no one else can decrypt it. In, in the world of, of home computing and uh, small business computing, you can now distribute Enigma to your trusted team members. So, for example, if you're a small business with 100 employees, it's very likely that only 10 employees may need an Enigma because they're your trusted team. Not everybody who works on the floor will need a product, and not everybody who works on the floor or in that environment will have access to sensitive data. 
So it's important to protect sensitive data, and that's why we build our products. You know, I, I think about the cost of not protecting your data, and you know, the, we're, we're all now used to buying storage really inexpensively now on the thumb drives and you mm -hmm. know, the SD cards and whatnot. And I think about the cost once your data is hacked or ransomed. This is a very inexpensive remedy beforehand to adopt. You're right, it is. The, the cost of, of data storage is, is declining. It's, uh, it keeps dropping. Um, five, six, seven years ago, an eight gig thumb drive would cost you 30 bucks. Now you can buy them all day long for eight bucks, seven bucks. So it, it's a market that is very, very competitive. Uh, they, they build a good product. Uh, they're, they're fast but the price keeps dropping, so someone's got to go back and, and get the ball-peen hammer out and, and start beating up on the suppliers for better prices on this and better prices on that. Um, and we didn't want to fall into that marketplace, so we built a device that doesn't store data. Uh, to me, data can be very harmful to a, to a user. Uh, clicking on a bad link in a document, clicking on a document, clicking on a, uh, uh, a link to a site, without doing anything further, now can exacerbate things and create vulnerability aspects from ransomware. In ransomware, they're not slowing down. They're very sophisticated. They have a lot of money. They use high-speed machinery. They, they keep developing new ideas that they can present to us uh, as uh, uh, this is the new thing, click on this, and we do. Uh, it's Whether it's HTTP or HTTPS, HTTPS doesn't mean that much anymore. It, it's not as secure as we may think it is. Um, at any rate, the world is full of problems in that respect, and it's because that it can be full of problems. Uh, but if, if we pull it all back and you know bring that fish in the boat, I have data at home on my computer that I think is valuable to me or my family or my attorney or whoever the case may be. So whether it's a legal document or a medical document or an HR document or that department, certain people in that department need to be responsible for it because they report to leadership, they report to management, they report to the board. And if you have a hack and you get the call at three in the morning, if you don't have that disaster recovery slash press release strategy in mind and ready to go in the next five or six days, you've got some problems on your hands. And doubling back to your comment earlier about the, the publicly traded companies, we've seen it time and time again. The question is how many people have learned from that and are now completely prepared? Very few. You know, you know and it's, you'd like to think it's a one and done. And it's not a one and done. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a continual... You know, it's like you don't put gas in your car one time and expect it to work all the time. It just doesn't work that way. And so, you know, to, to kind of go toward the close here, for the folks that are listening and, and appreciate your story and your efforts, do you have a parting piece of guidance or commentary that you would like to share with them? We've sort of looked at that. Um, and we've learned along the way that, that messages differ from person to person or from persons to organizations. What, I, what we've come up with is the fact that if it's important to you, you should be encrypting it. And you should be using what we call discipline. You should manage a backup. You should be able to make sure that you have a backup that's offline, that's, vulner, that's not vulnerable to an attack. 
make sure that the data you're sharing with other people or the people that are sharing data with you, you can look at the data, you can hover your mouse over the links. If they look a little funny, they probably are funny. It's, it's, uh, it's very easy to impersonate someone else. And I'll, I'll jump to this last piece. Uh, we've all heard the stories of someone in HR getting a request from an adamant CEO saying, I need the W-2 forms right now. And someone responds. Where the data went, we don't know, but we know it's for sale on the dark net somewhere in about an hour. Someone made a mistake. The amount of mistakes that humans make in this, in this electronic age is like 90%. That means 10% of the errors are being made in a machine-to-machine -machine environment. That's a little scary. Bob, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to explain what you've developed. I've got one in my hand here, and I've been subject to ransomware on some files a number of years ago, so I'm, I'm a sensitive listener to, to the solutions you provide, and, and uh, again, thanks for taking the time and, and appreciate it. You're very welcome. The worst thing I could be is the bad guy and not encrypt data, not protect data, not back it up, because if I get run over by a bus, Got to make sure my family's protected. I'm sure the same is true for you and your listeners. You bet. So thanks for your time. You bet.